Game on Wisconsin is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. Visit artecventures.com for more info. <laughs> News dump. News dump, yay! News dump. I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. It's a grand fire! It's the final dump, presented by Game On Wisconsin. Welcome into the bi-week edition of the Final Dump presented by Game On Wisconsin. Brendan Dworzinski, Matt Freilich here with you. A little bit of a different show this week. We don't have a Sunday or Monday, for that matter, game to preview, but we're still riding high. Green Bay 9-3 and three on the year following the huge win over the Rams this past weekend. And honestly, going into a week without a ton of news, everything kind of quiet, kind of mum, no press conferences this week, players not speaking this week, but Matt, hard to not be at least in a good mood about this. Now, I'm in a little bit of a down mood because apparently you are not nearly the Casey Musgraves fan that I am after finding that out when we were posting Spotify raps, me, you, and the rest of the world earlier this week. But beside that fact that is threatening to tear apart our friendship, hard to not be extremely excited about where this team is going into the bye week. Yeah, no, uh, we'll go back and forth during the week on stuff on Twitter once in a while, and I definitely am one to uh, try to razz you up a little bit more because clearly I have more free time during the day than you do with your nine to five. Uh, and I forget we forget to bring those up from time to time when we're recording. So yeah, the Casey Musgraves. Thanks for bringing that up. I don't know if I've actually ever listened, accidentally probably listened to a Casey Musgraves song. Like I'll be honest, uh, never. It's definitely never one that I've uh, intentionally played off Apple Music or somehow even ended up on Shuffle. But I'm I'm happy that you uh, enjoy Casey Musgraves, Brendan, and that's that's who you like. And uh, I I'm one that is not really a Spotify person. I use Spotify for some like my Twitch streaming playlist and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when people are posting the spot, it's like, guys, that's great. It's like, it's just so funny to me. Cause it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Like that's the music you listen to. So therefore it's going to be your top music. And everyone's is like so different. Like I don't get like, it's not like it shouldn't be really any of a surprise to me, but if Casey Musgraves is, is your goat, that that's fine, Brendan. I'm cool. Yes, we have in the last two weeks now had disagreements or at least a different viewpoint on Casey Musgraves, my alternative country music, and then also my love of the McRib, which yeah, you uh, have made clear you do not share. But that's okay. Our differences are what make life great. I Now, I did have to say, I was on, you know, doing my radio show the other day, and someone mentioned something about the process of the McRib being made. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's completely disgusting. And I'm like, well, why do you eat it? I'm like, well, I don't care that it's disgusting. It tastes good. Like my, yeah. my you will learn over time. My like level of tolerance for things that are probably disgusting for your body, extremely low. Like I will eat anything. I will put anything into my body, which is remarkable that I'm as skinny as I am because I will eat trash. And I'm like, yeah, well, you put some sauce on it. It's pretty good. Like I'll eat anything, which is why I will happily eat McRibs every week until they go away here soon. That's totally valid. And like you're in your young, you're like, what, your early 20s yet? Like you can get away with it. Like I can get away with it yet. Like I'm 31, but like there's... But like, yeah, at the end of the day, like I'm not like it's like the whole like chicken nuggets thing. Like people watch those documentaries and like, oh, chicken nuggets and all. It's like, dude, they're still good. Like I don't care what, what capacity. Like so, and like yeah, of course the McRib's not real, but if that's what you that's what you like, that's what you like. But uh, yeah, your your infatuation for the McRib is like, I just didn't know if someone enjoyed them that much. But to each their own, I guess. 
coming up tomorrow, I'm going to drive to lunch and I'm going to be playing Casey in the car and I'm going to eat a McRib and I'm going to be thinking of you the entire way. Also, Friday we're thinking, vibes. Friday vibes. Also, of course, we're thinking Packers this week. This is this is the kind of week it is. Like, there's just not a whole lot of newsworthy stuff in a year that has been chock full of news, mostly injury news week after week to this point with all the guys who've been injured, uh, banged up, lost to the season, lost indefinitely, whatever. This week is a little bit different. It's truly a reflective week where we can just kick back and say, okay, nine and three to this point in the year, a couple losses that were tough. You know, you go back to the loss to Minnesota and you think, God, really wish we had had that one back. But you've got a couple wins this year that at least you and I, the game against the Rams this past week, and then back against the 49ers and the Cardinals uh, earlier parts of the season, all NFC West teams, interestingly enough. And you think, well, damn, this has absolutely been an accomplished season just to this point through 12 games so far. Handful of wins that maybe you didn't expect them to get, a loss or two that you would have liked to have had back. And even though you lose by 35 points in the opener, I think that counts as one because we both thought it was going to be a blowout going in the other direction. So overall, and again, I let off the show with this but before we got into our fast food discussion there, that I don't know how you could not be pretty damn thrilled with where this team is all the guys who are hurt all the other nonsense off the field Aaron Rodgers showing his toes to the world I mean there's just been so much nonsense off the field and we're at a point right now where the number one seed is absolutely within reach a deep run into the playoffs is once again an expectation for this team and I have a hard time finding anything to really complain about and I wouldn't even factor injuries into that because you can't control that. I mean, that's something that is completely out of our control, out of the players' control as well. So honestly, I'm feeling pretty content with where this group is right now. And again, with that number one seed still absolutely within reach. 100%. Like, And I couldn't agree with you more because it's like you look and go through all the obstacles that were this offseason, everything that coming down you know, through the end of August with Bakhtiari injury and every other injury that's came our way and like, the Saints just, you know, that, that week one just absolutely just falling apart, not having – and, like, even the game the game getting moved because the hurricane, like, everything about it. And it's just, like, all of a sudden you look and we're the, you know, a couple of days into December and it's like, well, things are going exactly how you would expect them to go if you're a Packers fan and you've followed this team for the last, I don't know, your entire life, at least for you and I. Like, this is generally how it goes, right? You get through some tough times in – early fall you get through the fall if you can get through thanksgiving and you're still somewhat healthy it's fine and frankly like at this point you know week 13 by is great you're you're probably on the outside looking in when it's a week five or six by and you're like oh shit can we stay healthy through this entire you know this end of the season run if we don't get the number one seed what does that look like because we're not gonna have that extra buy or we're gonna have the number two seed by week so it's like it's 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 kind of a blessing at this point to have a later buy um, you know, frankly, the the games that I've picked wrong, and I think you've picked maybe one more correct than I have, is like it is what it is, man. Like I had the Rams losing, or I had the Rams winning this last week, and most of that was due to the fact that Elton Jenkins was gone. I didn't expect Aaron Jones to come back, and just the way that I expected the Rams' offense to roll, it, it didn't roll. And that defense once again was exposed by Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field, and specifically Jalen Ramsey. Um, and Aaron Donald, shoot, like for matter of fact, he also got fr- super frustrated like he did um, in the divisional game. So it's like things are exactly where they need to be. What, did I get you know somewhat pessimistic at times with this team? Yes, but like overall, like stayed pretty even keeled and tried to pick them as unbiasedly as we could week to week. And here we are facing, you know, 
basically a number two seed right now, uh, trying to get past the Cardinals, having that, you know, it, it'll come down honestly, probably to us winning that game, that Razul Douglas pick, because frankly, at, at this point, if we don't have that, that game against them or they have that game against us, there's no way if we're a game back or now to, to even somehow get that number one seed. Cause I think that should still be the expectation, but yeah, overall I'm, I'm super pleased where it's at kind of sit back, reflect this week. And again, I was hoping, like you said at the top of the show, like hoping there'd be more news this week for us to talk about instead of talking about our fast food takes, which is fine. But it's also like I was hoping there would at least be some more injuries updates. But when you kind of remember back how bye weeks actually work, Matt LaFleur talked about on Monday, hey, guys are going to be be off. You're not gonna really going to get much. They're going to be in for treatment, but they're not going to release an injury report because that just isn't a thing in a bye week. You kind of just hope that they're everything – you kind of just hope and pray that next week, once we have an episode or next week, once the, the, I guess the beat hits again and the player press conferences start up again, we'll get more information. But until then it's, I guess we're bears fans this week so they can beat the Cardinals. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Which is gross, but in a way is yes. I, I guess I would like to have Justin Fields uh, play well or Andy Dalton, whoever is going to end up playing in this game for the bears. It probably is not going to matter. I believe the Cardinals are a seven and a half, eight point favorite, but Hey, stranger things have happened. And that's the interesting thing too, on the injury front is that I feel as though we're still waiting at some point. We're going to hear an actual timetable for Jair Alexander. At some point, we're going to hear an actual timetable. If there even is one for Zadarius Smith or even Josh Myers, are we going to hear that he will at some point be able to play, but we've waited so long for that, that I'm almost in a comfortable spot now, just saying that's a bonus. You know, if they ever come back and I think, the one who I'm the most confident is going to be back is Jair Alexander because that injury still seems like such a mystery that, oh, well, he's kind of close. Oh, well, maybe surgery. Oh, we'll see how it feels. Feels like a big mystery, but also it feels the most confident that he'll be back. But I'm just sort of content with the fact that the team that's been out there the last five weeks or whatever it is now, that's the team that this is going to be for the rest of the season, save for Elton Jenkins. But We've now had four games this year that Big E hasn't played, and we're obviously not going to have him on the field for Green Bay the rest of the season either. So you just sort of live with the the hand you're dealt with the team you've got. And honestly, that hand has worked out pretty well so far this season. And Aaron Rodgers, as much as I don't want to say I was necessarily critical of him early in the season, but I think it was fair to say there have been moments this year when he hasn't been at his very best. He has played like it in several weeks recently. The game against the Vikings, despite the loss, he was electric for at least a half of the game, and his numbers at the end looked great. He was fantastic for the most part against the Rams as well. If he's heating up and the offense is starting to click a little bit more, I'm pretty confident for these final five games following the bye, even with question marks still about when exactly Bakhtiari will be back, when exactly Alexander and Zadarius Smith and everyone else is possibly going to get back. And speaking of Rodgers, too, I want to bring this up. I don't remember if it was Troy Aikman on the broadcast during the Rams game or if it was someone I heard on a national TV show talking about it during the week. But it still feels like this Packers team hasn't even played its best game. I mean, I think you could argue the Rams game maybe was. And when you adjust for the lack of players, maybe you say the Arizona game was because that was a gritty, gritty win and an awesome coming out party for the defense, especially Rasul Douglas. But I still feel like that A-plus game is out there and hasn't been tapped. I mean, I again, I think this Rams game was probably the closest thing to it, but I think the offense can do even more. And I think you get that offense at its peak level. You get that defense at its peak level, which frankly, it's been playing at for a large portion of this season, and especially over the last month and a half or so. 
there's a lot more this team could do, which is exciting even when you factor out, hey, maybe you'll get some more players back because we don't know if or when they're going to be back. So when you consider that there's still more work that can be done and hopefully this bye week is a good opportunity for that, again, it's a reason for excitement and you just hope that this doesn't lead to a little rust going into week 13, which is nice that the next time the Packers play, they get to play the Bears in primetime, which usually goes only one way. Usually goes pretty damn well. And like, yeah, you would expect, I mean, a little rush, sure. I don't, I, you know, rust happens from time to time, but that's 60 minutes of football. You're able to shake that off after a couple drives or whatever. And it's not a big deal. I think too, like, I think you're, you're spot on. Like, I don't know if they've played their best game yet, which is okay. Frankly, it would be kind of shocking if they would have played their best game at this point because they are missing some of these guys, right? They've never really had a full, consistent team. Like, I was kind of going back through some of these games and trying to look like, you know, Saints, no, Lions, maybe at that point. It still seemed like they were a little rusty that Niners want. Like, I'm just trying to go down the list, and I felt like there was one in there that I was super, super confident that they played their best, but I, I don't really think there is one for me when I look back on it. Like, a lot of it's been opportunistic. A lot of it's been just like, you know, they've played not to their opponent's level, like they're playing down, but like they're, they're supposed to beat the bears, right? Like they're supposed to beat the Washington football team. Like there, there's certain games where it's like you were expecting them maybe to perform a little bit higher, but at the end of the day, they got to win. So trending, trending upwards is never a bad thing. And it seems like they still have their best football ahead of them. You know, you talked about, you're kind of content with them. I think those are your words. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, I feel like you said you're content about where this team's at with, you know, where they're at with these injuries and you're not too concerned. Like, I, I, to be honest with you, like, I actually am concerned because like, I feel like if you don't, and this is like worst case scenario, not worst case scenario, but like, let's just say Bakhtiari doesn't come back until end of December, right? Let's say, let's say for some reason, he doesn't come back till Christmas versus the Browns. And then all of a sudden Zadarius doesn't come back for a while. And maybe Jair's injury is way worse. And he opted on the side of not going under the knife to, you know, maybe potentially not play much at all this year to avoid having rehab and not be on the go for 2022. Right. And it's like, there are these scenarios that potentially could happen that the Packers are without some of these guys for a playoff run. And I think without those dudes, like, they don't have a shot to get over the hump that they've been at the last two years. So that's the part of me, like without Z without David Bakhtiari, without Jair coming back, like I don't feel like this team's able to hit their, their, their final form, their peak to actually push through and make it to a freaking Super Bowl or win one. Um, you know, some of these other teams in the league, you're looking at like the Cardinals are a good football team. Obviously the Packers showing that they can beat them. Tampa Bay's going to still be Tampa Bay with Tom Brady on her center. Cowboys, I think they're going to probably probably figure it out here in the last month, but Cowboys in December sometimes aren't normally like that. And there's every week, the last couple of weeks, like when I do pickums and stuff, it's just all over the board, like who to expect to win. There's always been these upsets. So I think the best case scenario for the Packers to avoid a slump, to avoid being upset, to avoid any rust, to avoid some sort of letdown in the playoffs is to get these guys back. But I think the long, you know, the, 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 long-term goal and the you know the non-nearsighted perspective for the front office and for the training staff and for the team is to like okay don't rush back these superstars you have on either side of the ball like let's make sure they're they are completely healthy before they get back and they've really have yet to do that like I, I I was a little bit surprised that Aaron Jones played this past week I didn't think there was a reason to play him I thought they could could have sat him, and frankly, they probably could have based off of how A.J. Dillon did and still won that game. So 
but generally it seems like the Packers do err on the side of caution and they're really, really conservative with who they're going to bring back for injuries. And some of these injuries this year have been kind of bizarre too. Like, let's not forget, like David Bakhtiar was pretty standard, but like we all expect him to come back pretty soon. But as far as the Zadarius injury, the Jair one, um, the Elton Jenkins ones was pretty you know, clean cut. The Rayshon Gary one was kind of freaky. So it's like everything's been kind of like strange. And they're trying to just, I think, be super, super safe about these guys coming back. But they need all these guys. Without without them all coming back, like my expectations are basically at let's get to the NFC Championship game and see what happens. If they bring them all back, even if they're at the number one seed, the number two seed, I have really, really high hopes if all three of those dudes can come back healthy and be at their highest level. So here's the question then that comes to my mind. When you think of the biggest key contributors who you know will be back or ideally will be back at some point. So you take Elkton out, unfortunately. We know he's done for the year. But when you consider Bakhtiari, you consider Jair, you consider Zadarius and any of the other guys who have been out for an indefinite period of time, who is the one that is needed back the most desperately? And ideally, all three of them are going to be back at some point. And I think it's fair to say Bach is going to play at least a little bit this regular season. I hope so, unless there's some kind of setback. Jair, it sounds like he's going to be back at some point this regular season, which is huge. And I think Z is the biggest question mark. But which one do you think correlates the most with immediate success this season? And I think you could really look at it and make an argument for any of the three. I mean, for Bakhtiari, when it comes to the offensive line, you have to be able to protect your quarterback when you get Mm -hmm. to the postseason. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And I think the offensive line in this game this past week did an unbelievable job. I mean, Yash Nyman, the fact that he has been as good as he has been is a credit to him for the hard work. It's an insane credit to Adam Stenovich and what he's done with the offensive line this year. So you have to be able to protect the quarterback. And when push comes to shove, as good as Yash has been, I'd rather have David Bakhtiari out there. I don't think there's any denying that. When it comes to the defensive side of things, though, you can never have enough pass rushers. But maybe you knock Zadarius down your power rankings of guys who have to be back as quickly as possible because Gary has been so good this year. And because Preston has had a really nice bounce back year. Mm-hmm. Preston Smith as well. I almost lean toward Jair Alexander, honestly, as being the guy who I think is the most imperative to get back as soon as possible. And you're right. I mean, we know the Packers are going to be conservative with injuries because they don't want to risk long-term health. They don't want to risk a re-injury. Obviously, that's important. But as good as Rasul Douglas has been, and as good as Eric Stokes has been for the most part as a rookie, I just feel like when you face some of these teams that can really move the ball come postseason, you've got to have guys who can cover. You've got to have guys who can catch up to you know, if you face the Rams again, are Stafford going to struggle that much? I don't know, but I would much rather have Jair Alexander on Cooper Cup over the duration of a game than Eric Stokes or Kevin King or whatever the matchup might be. And when you have to face those Tampa Bay receivers, if you end up facing them or in a potential rematch with the Cardinals, I want to have Jair Alexander out there against some teams that at their best can throw the ball and can throw it a ton. So I think you can make an argument for any of those three guys but when push comes to shove i think i'm leaning alexander yeah i think i agree with you and like no disrespect to the guys in the trenches but like without david bakhtiari like the it's been pretty steady eddie right like everything's gone pretty smooth like the run game has been consistent rogers really hasn't been harassed all that much granted most of the games have been with elton jenkins so you can you know it would be nice to have a guy that's a little bit more consistent on the left side like david but nijman's been been solid so unfortunately um the guys that put their hand in the dirt not getting it my respect as much as they probably should 
Z I look at, like, you know, I, I've been surprised how great Preston Smith has operated this year. I'm really, really upset that Whitney Merciless got hurt because it seemed like he was going to at least be somewhat of a contributor and it would have been good in that rotation. Uh, Rayshon Gary has been solid as well. Even, you know, he's he's really coming into his own, uh, especially last week. I mean, the game he had against the Rams was incredible. I was super super pumped for him like going up against Whitworth I know Whitworth's a a veteran and you know I think he's 40 plus years old but like the the stuff he was doing to that guy was just amazing and getting after Stafford so you would you would like to say the pass rush probably two that's probably a a damn close number two but I'm going with Jair Uh, you mentioned right like the Bucks offense the potential rematch with the Cardinals at some point um, the Cowboys, I mean, the, the Cowboys offense when healthy is super, super dynamic. And I think they're going to they're going to figure it out at this point. When you have Amari Cooper, Gallup, Cedric Wilson, Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz, everyone cooking. And then you got to worry about Dak running around and just kind of doing his thing. And the the wrinkles that Kellen Moore can present with that offense is it's kind of scary. So, like, you got to have all those guys healthy and. Uh, the se- in the secondary, like it's it, you know as much as great plays as Razul Douglas has made this year, it's going to come a time where he's you know picked on a little bit, and it, that actually kind of showed up last week in the Rams game. It's like he has the pick six, and then like he drops a pick, and then like even like a play or two later, like he got kind of like turned around. It's like that's just the nature of playing cornerback in this league. It's it's going to happen eventually to even the best of them. Um, Eric Stokes, as as great as a rookie year he has had, he is still a rookie defensive back. He makes up for some of his blunders with speed, which is fantastic. But how long can you keep getting away with that? And then after that, they don't really have anyone else that I'm overly confident in. Like Kevin King, I'm not the biggest Kevin King hater, but like I, I'm, it's disappointing that he's always injured. So it's like you're going to need to have – you have to have a third guy. And like why not bring back one of the best cornerbacks in the league? And Jair would be my my shot to come back. Like it's – and he's just so freaking dynamic. Like he can do so much. He can he can come off the edge and tackle, and hopefully he can still do that effectively and still the same characteristic that he has to be savvy like that with that shoulder injury. He's not intimidated by you know going down and making a tackle on a running back or a tight end in the flat. And the way he can line up in the slot and cover these receivers, like you mentioned, Cooper Cup and Amari Cooper and CD Lamb and you know all these guys that they're going to have to go up against at some point, probably in the playoffs. I think Jair's my dude because like that that guy can take away a great portion of the field, allow Amos and Savage to do more, and then like just adding him back to what these linebackers have done, like Devondre Campbell, Chris Barnes. Like I think that's a huge thing too, where it's like, and I don't know how much all this makes sense as far as like the linebackers being able to cover and Jair, but like, but it just seems like the the cohesive the cohesiveness of this defense since Jair's been gone has kind of like came together more. So I got to imagine the shot in the arm uh, when Jair comes back would just help this defense even more. And I think that's, that's what the Packers are going to need. Sure. I'd love to have all three Um, pass rush is probably super and super important, but they're getting into that at this point. And assuming those guys can stay healthy, I'm I'm sticking with Jair, the one that I want to see back first. And you mentioned the slot play too. And I think I glossed over that, but that's hugely important because the guy who he probably replaces the most is Shandon Sullivan, because we saw him playing more of that star position in the Joe Barry defense during this early part of the year, because it's relied on to do so many different things. And Jair can do pretty much everything. Well, he's sticky. He's quick. He's got good hands. Ball skills are decent enough. I mean, he can do so many different things for you. And Sullivan, while he's had, moments this year has I don't think been 
especially good. Of the guys who have played the most time in that secondary, Shandon Sullivan is the weakest one. And again, he's had moments, but I'd rather have Jair Alexander out there in a key game than I would Shandon Sullivan. So that's an important thing to note as well. And when it comes to Douglas, too, the importance of having Jair's speed out there is Douglas has played so well. I mean, Mm -hmm. so much better than anyone could have expected. But his issue is top end speed. He's just not a burner at cornerback. He's not going to be able to keep up with, for example, Odell Beckham on a double move racing down the field. I mean, that's not Douglas's game. But you throw Jair Alexander out there and you have that much more speed that changes things for your secondary. So as important as it is and will be when Bakhtiari comes back and if Zadarius Smith can come back, that's obviously huge. I'm with you that I think getting Jair Alexander out there just makes that secondary a so much deeper because right now you're one banged up player away from Isaac Yadam having to play real snaps and I don't want that. I'm just going to be blunt. I don't want Isaac Yadam to have to play crucial snaps come the postseason but it just makes things so much easier for the other corners, your boundary guys, assuming that Stokes and Douglas and King will mostly continue to play on the boundaries. And then it makes things easier for the safeties as well, who have been so freaking good this year. I mean, it just makes everything easier for a unit that's already playing at a really high level. But when it comes to playing at a high level too, the other thing that I really wanted to get to this week, Packers have a week to rest, get a little bit healthier, retool, regroup, all that, very important. The one seed is still completely in play here like we were talking about earlier Arizona holds it right now they're nine and two they've played one fewer game than the Packers have so Packers are a half game back just in the loss column there the Cardinals play the Bears and as much as I would like the Bears to help out the Packers I'm not exactly going to bank on that this week so the question for me then Matt is how likely do you think this number one seed is this year I don't know exactly what the tiebreaker situation will be with Tampa if the Buccaneers are in the running for that one seed at the end. The Cowboys, I think, are pretty much knocking themselves out of the running with the way they've played over the last couple of weeks, even with a couple wins mixed in. Having the tiebreaker over the Cardinals is huge. Having it over the Rams, who are also struggling right now, also huge. What do you think is the likelihood the Packers actually come away with that one seed? And how dependent is that going to be on getting Jair or Z or Bakhtiari back? That second part of the question, actually, I haven't even thought about yet. Like, it... it hope I took that the right way but it's like all of a sudden the last couple weeks it's like shoot it's like you need to get this number one seed or you you think that's super important like do you activate one of those guys a week or so sooner so like that would be that'll be interesting to see the way it goes but like like let's just look at it right now for first of all I already said that having beat the Cardinals I think is going to be huge I think that's actually going to come down to probably who ends up getting the number one seed assuming these teams you know they played to their caliber at the end of the game or at the end of the season with the Packers having uh, six games and the um or excuse me the Packers having five games and the Cardinals having six so right now based off of what I'm looking at I I believe I'm gonna say that the the Cardinals go four and two they could possibly I mean they got to play like I said they got to play the Bears they're gonna win that game they play the Rams probably could lose that um that's at home though Detroit, Indy, Dallas, at Dallas, and then versus Seattle. Like four and two is kind of my guess. You flip over the Packers schedule and check things out there. Like Bears, Ravens, Browns, Vikings, Lions. Like I think there's a (sighs) Ravens, Browns is going to like those are going to be tough, tough games. I don't think they drop another one to the Vikings. That would be ridiculous. So if they can pull out and go four and one, like based off of that, they would have the tiebreaker versus the Cardinals like it's really going to come down to 
the non-divisional games for the Packers back-to-back weeks, Ravens-Browns, and it's also going to come down to the Cardinals in their division versus the Rams in week 14. And then, I mean, that Indy game could be a sleeper, and then that Dallas one. Like, that that's really what it boils down to. Like, if somehow we're able to get a, a, a Bears-Detroit victory, uh, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous, versus the Cardinals, like, that, there's a chance there. But I think the odds are in – in the favor like i haven't ran the uh the nfl playoff machine data like you have i know you're in the trenches with that clicking all the way on getting the getting the analytics but like i think there's a damn good chance to get the number one seed i really really do and like it's so it's so crazy to like worry about the number one seed because like back in the day i used to not really care all that much it was like number one number two obviously but all we all know now the way the playoffs is set up differently with the with the bye week and stuff so Normally, I would be like, I don't really give a shit at this point. Two seeds, fine. But like the one seed, I think is super, super important. Just so we know, especially with in Lambo and like selfishly, maybe it's not that selfish, but like I would love to go to a, another playoff game in Lambo. Like that'd be so damn fun. Like NFC Championship game at some point, maybe divisional one if at the very least. So I think that I think the odds are super, super high. I really, really do. Um, it's going to be a battle outside of that, though. Like, are there other teams that could catch them? Like. Tampa could catch him. I don't know right now with Antonio Brown news coming out, and he hasn't obviously been on the field for a while. That, that team's not exactly playing to the top caliber that they, you would expect. Really, they don't play anyone from here on out. The Bills is their toughest team. I think every other team they play is under 500, so they could win out. So the Packers got to keep winning, right? If they lose or drop an extra game, um, that that would definitely obviously have the Bucks jump them at that point. Cowboys, I've mentioned that a couple times in this episode. They could sneak up. I don't know if they're they're playing to the the where they need to be or where they started this year at. So all in all, I think the chances are super super. It's it's I hate to say it's like a 50-50 split um because it's really not. I would give the 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 Packers a little bit of a nudge just cuz they had that tiebreaker versus the Cardinals, but obviously the Cardinals have that one extra game win on them. So we'll see how it shakes out, but I think the the Packers based off of matchups have one game um it more in their favor that they should be able to win more than the the Cardinals. I'm with you, and I really think this last part of the schedule is favorable. I mean, the only one Mm -hmm. that, and I'm probably overlooking teams that I shouldn't, not the Bears and the Lions, obviously, but Cleveland still got talent, although Christmas Day at Lambeau, I don't want my Christmas to be ruined, so I'm just going to assume the Packers are going to win that game, especially with how hurt Baker Mayfield is playing, and his receivers are so bad. I mean, Jarvis Landry is a good player. They obviously have talented running backs, but holy cow, their other pass catchers are just so bad. No one can separate. Baker is playing hurt. I don't trust that defense. I think that's going to be when Christmas Day. You're going to beat the Bears. You're going to beat the Lions. I think the Packers are going to beat the Vikings the second time because when you look back on that game from a couple weeks ago, and I know Ross Uglum over at 24-7 and Packer Report has been saying this, it took so many things to go wrong for the Packers, for the Vikings to come away with that win. Like two dropped interceptions by Darnell Savage and another one that was waved off due to a penalty, plus several other interceptable balls that weren't caught. I mean, it was one of those games where 10 things had to happen for the Packers to lose, and then they all happened. I don't think that's going to happen the second time around once that game gets back to Green Bay. Really, the Baltimore one, because if you get hot Lamar Jackson that is a menace of a matchup that is difficult. And he's always a weapon with his legs, but he also has games like we saw this past Monday night against the Browns when he threw four interceptions and they somehow won because again, the Browns are playing super injured, super banged up and Baker Mayfield is a shell of himself right now, or maybe not depending on your feelings about Baker Mayfield's career to this point. But that's the only one that stands out to me is okay. Yeah. Reasonably that one could be a loss. If that's the case, Packers end up 13 and four on the year. 
And like you said, pointing out that Cardinal schedule four and two is absolutely pardon the pun in the cards for them. Mm -hmm. That win back in week seven is suddenly the biggest win of the NFL season. And that gets the Packers into the number one seed. So I'm with you. I think, I don't know, mathematically speaking, technically it's probably a 31% chance, 31.8 or something when you multiply probabilities of winning and everything. But I think the Packers are the second best chance of anyone to get that final seed. I guess you have to factor in Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers Mm -hmm. and their schedule. I don't know. I don't think this Tampa Bay team is as good as they were last year. Maybe those are famous last words. And you mentioned their schedule is not very difficult. (laughs) They're terrible. Like Atlanta, Atlanta, Buffalo, New Orleans, Carolina, the Jets, and then Carolina again. Like that's awful. And I have no idea what the tiebreaker would be if it ends up the Packers and Bucks share the best record. I don't know what the tiebreaker would be. I believe it goes to conference record, and then it goes to divisional record. Well, if it would be conference record, it would then help the Packers that one of those losses came against an AFC team because the Chiefs lost. So I think that would help out. I I believe that's what it is. And I I believe you're right thinking about it. I, I believe conference record is up there. So. I think the odds are pretty good. I think Arizona's obviously in the driver's seat because they have that half game advantage going into week 12 or week 13, excuse me. But I think the odds are really good. And I think Arizona is prone to a slip up. I guess anybody is. This has been such a parody filled year in the NFL, but I really do think there's a good chance from this point forward by week rest up, go into the final five weeks of the season. Packers have a golden opportunity to still claim that number one seed in the NFC. It's a bye week for the Packers. It's A little bit weird. Things are so quiet on the Green Bay frontier, but we're excited for it. I know I am. What does your Sunday look like during the bye week? Are you going to find other things to do on Sunday, or are you going to kick back and enjoy Red Zone or whatever else and just relax and not have a stressful Sunday afternoon? I'm surprised you asked. Thank you for asking. But, dude, Green Bay Oneida Casino just had the sports book open. Oh, there on we go. Tuesday. So I'm thinking, I'm scheming with a couple buddies. I might go out there on Saturday, bet on some of these college football conference uh, championship games. I'm checking out the uh, Georgia-Bama line right now. I'm thinking I'm taking Bama with the points. I'm looking at maybe the over on the Iowa-Michigan game. So we'll see how that plays. But then might roll out there again on Sunday. Like if we get all the chores done in the morning and everything's set, like why not put sprinkle some game, sprinkle some money lines, maybe a little parlay, check that situation out and like, no better weekend for it to be the first weekend where the Packers don't have a game. You can kind of go in and just have a solid, like, uh, you know, stress level instead of just like it being peaked by a Packers game. So it'll be, that's, that's my, that's my plan. So we'll see how Saturday goes going out there. Um, if it's a dud, we'll just sit at home like normal on Sunday. And yeah, it'll definitely be a multi-screen day. Like normally it's like Packer game and then whatever else is on the secondary team. It'll be like a four screen day where we got all well red zone up and then we'll have two other games. It'll be, and then I'm sure there'll be a good game that I want to have on a consistent screen. So it'll be, it'll be either a super, super screen filled day at my house or a tons of big screens at the sports book, assuming that uh, is set up well and they're ready to go for this first weekend there. I cannot put into words how jealous I am that you have the opportunity to do that. Unfortunately, I live in a state, the beautiful state of Kansas, that is run by the dumbest people on earth who are never going to legalize it. But that's a story for a different podcast. Figure it out, Governor Kelly, please. Anyway, yeah, we usually, well, I set it up. Usually the the three TV setup in our apartment, we've got the main game, 
generally the Packers or whatever the national game of the week is, America's game of the week, mm-hmm. excuse me, Fox Network. That'll be on the main screen with the volume on, secondary screen to the left, and then we've got a screen just for red zone as well Sick. for the uh, certainly not gambling purposes, definitely not something you can do in the nope. state of Kansas. Can't. So, yeah, it's going to be multi-screen. I'm just going to enjoy not being stressed because mm-hmm. as anyone who has ever followed me on Twitter knows, I am just – at uh, 11 out of 10 in terms of anxiety and stress during games, even games that shouldn't be stressful whatsoever. Like come next week against the bears Sunday night football, I'm going to be all hyped up for absolutely no reason. I mean, Packers are going to win by 25 points in that game, but that's always me. I'm excited to be able to not be anxious. And I think my fiance is also extremely excited that I'm not going to be anxious for an entire Sunday afternoon. I think it's going to be enjoyable for both of us. It should hopefully be an enjoyable weekend for all Packers fans. Hopefully for the Packers as well. Maybe get some helpful wins, rest up, get a little bit healthier for the final five game stretch of the season. As you're watching games this weekend, you can follow Matt and his antics at the United Casino at Matt underscore FRA underscore. I'm on Twitter as well at Brendan DZW. Matt, enjoy the casino. Enjoy the bye week. Looking forward to previewing Bears week coming up next Friday. Hell yeah. Always, always. And, uh, you know, obviously at that point when Kansas does legalize it, you got to, when you get to gamble, Brendan, you're able to do it legally at some point. You got to, got to do it responsibly. So we'll always be doing it responsibly. But yeah, it's going to be a hell of a time. And I, uh, I look forward to going into next week and hopefully, hopefully celebrating a Bears win off of the off the Cardinals but if not we'll, we'll we'll hope that the Packers can get this uh, figured out down the stretch what a strange year to be hoping for that for Matt Freilich I'm Brendan Dwarzinski enjoy the bye week we'll talk to you next Friday to preview Bears week here on the final dump presented by Game on Wisconsin well Wayne I think this is one that Vince Lombardi and George Hallis would be proud of you could just give me the touchdown then it's hard to overturn you know what I mean I understand that's that. a good effort Richard, though wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a pretty good effort